Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Emma Daily Klein podcast. I'm so glad you tuned in today. This is Horsemanship Remarks show number six, which I believe was the second show that Michael and I did together. We kind of started the Horsemanship Remarks show. Okay, good morning, everybody. Hi. Uh, let's see. Michael is back with us this morning. Michael, good morning. There we go. Every week, I swear, every week, I'm like, how do we do this again? I totally like, remembered. You and did? Was, oh, yeah. You've had three weeks more practice than I have. Yes. Thanks for abandoning me. It was fun, though. Did you did you look at the chart that I just sent you? Uh, I started to, and then I realized, wow, this is a lot. Oh, I started reading what you just sent me. Oh. But, yeah. Is that <laughs> chart? Is that something you made, or is that? No. no. You remember that book that we talked about, oh my gosh, 15 years ago, The Power of Full Engagement? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 15 years ago. Are you serious? <laughs> Maybe close to that. Who knows? <laughs> I hate to admit that. Let's just say 10 years ago. Okay. That, that's <laughs> I think that's more realistic, though, honestly. I don't know. You realize your kid is seven, right? <laughs> Okay, so maybe 50. <laughs> so the quadrants would be top left to right would be survival mode where you're a little bit irritated, frustrated, angry, but still trying to execute stuff. And this is where I start to make massive or the little mistakes like that that make me crazy. And then um, to the right of that would be your performance zone where you are high energy, optimistic, have lots to give to everybody else, have grace, like, you know, um, can remember everything and multitask and, you know, let's just say riding five horses and, and doing $3 million of transactions in a month. And like, you know, all the stuff seems like so doable, um, yeah. you know, publishing like uh, lots of ideas and, um, and then if you head to the to the bottom right, the, the flip side of high performance should be recovery. Yeah. And, um, you know, so that's where you're mellow and meditative and quieter, you know, and. Um, reflective. Yeah, reflective, incubative, incubative, I would say. <laughs> Is that a word? <laughs> I've never heard that word, but it works. <laughs> And then to the left-hand side of the low energy on the negative side would be total burnout where, you know, you're pessimistic and you're um, hopeless and sad and depressed and like super tired. So I think <clears throat> I've kind of seen this chart in reverse rather than being quadrants, something like a cycle, you know, where you'll do a circle and, you know, it was kind of missing the recovery or is maybe a negative um, presentation of it um, or in some cases a more realistic presentation of it, given the way people tend to function, or at least I do, you do, is top right quadrant, high performance, just really rocking it, doing it to the point of, um, you know, getting exhausted, then burning out and then having to recover. So running the cycle, um, actually top right around to the bottom. And, you know, we're, we're trying to stay in the top right, but as, if we don't go down into recovery and kind of stay on that right side up and down, which is what this is trying to communicate, I guess I'm just saying, I've seen it as, 
you know, this is the cycle you can find yourself in is top right, you know, high performance. Now I'm pushing and striving and barely holding it together, which is going to lead to the bottom right and burnout if you don't, if you don't interrupt this cycle and, you know, then go to recovery. I was actually, uh, I didn't read your, you know, the, the thing you sent me, but um, the context in which I remember reading that cycle is talking about rest and recovery um, as kind of the sweet spot for actual learning, you know, for us and our horse. It's in the moment of pause, which we kind of all know, or release, but, you know, just giving that space, that's where the learning itself actually happens, not in the moment of what we would think would be the learning. And I don't know what you, what are your thoughts on that? I, it, it makes sense to me at the time. Sometimes I feel like you think about things that in a different way. Is that resonate with you? It definitely resonates with me. And two, two things. I think when I structure my, um, my horse's development, it's so much of a no brainer. Like we've talked about this, the undemanding time and the time to relax and, I mean, we've, we've talked about this, but one of the things that, that I notice for, you know, the horses is that layup time, if you're the one caring for them, right? Like a doctor time or an injury, um, can be some of the time you, (laughs) weirdly enough, you make the, the most progress, Uh you know, with your horse, um, or like days or weeks or wherever that that you're just interacting with your horse and and not doing any i don't i don't know that i would say that that's a learning thing but it definitely that maybe it is because you go back to that horse and suddenly you're like why are we so far ahead yeah well i even you know i spend well you do too but i spend fair bits of time where i'm away less so than i used to thankfully but you know, you go away for a week to go to a clinic or, you know, whatever. We were on a family vacation there for a little over a week and you come back and it's like, wow, this this feels somehow brighter and more, I don't know if it's that I come back kind of fresher and not overthinking it or whatnot, but it seems like there's kind of a spark there that there maybe wasn't in the day to day. Day Yeah. So, so that's what we present to the horse. Right. Yeah. But when, and when you're talking about in the moment of, you're talking about within a session with your horse, like yeah, that, mm-hmm. that context, that was, it was being explained, you know, in this thing I was looking at, but I think the idea is, which is 100% obvious. If you're just, trying to teach your or something by you know pressure pressure do this do that do this do that they're just trying to keep up they're just right they're just in survival mode like there is so much coming at me i'm like just trying to pull this together there's like no learning happening there's there's none it's in the moments of pause which are ideally in moments where you know balance is arriving where um <clears throat> You know, whatever peace begins to 
you know, kind of enter the equation, pause in the moments where they're headed toward peace. That's them learning to find their way there, you know, with your help. And, you know, ultimately, you know, I think them learning to look for that themselves um, and becoming more settled horse overall or, you know, whatever. Well, I, I think that that's exactly right on the money. Re- realistically, when we think about it, like uh, sometimes in a session, I think about uh, like a pond with lily pads, you know, and, and you're sort of, you know, if there are all those little sp- spots of peace, you know, you're leaping from one to the next, to the next, to the next. And if, and and the reason I guess I think about that is because I think about a horse moving towards peace. You know what I mean? They're looking for the next lily pad. Well, right. And like, we're going to do something and then we're going to get to, to a place of rest. And then, you know, if, if you think of, I mean, I don't know, I guess you think in that moment you have time to like look around and assess what just happened and make sense of that all. Mm. The only thing I would say is that I'm not sure how that fits into when a horse really does understand a whole a whole set of things, a whole set of behaviors, mm-hmm. movements, whatever, then 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 doing those things doesn't take a ton of effort. It's like, you know, the difference between yeah scrabbling up a if you're hiking you know scrabbling up a super steep deal you might not be enjoying that or able to take in a ton of things until you get up to the top can look around you know have assess assimilate that experience you know then on, on other parts of the climb it's easy yeah so you can be experiencing yeah so I climbed Half Dome when we were, or not Half Dome, that's Yosemite. I climbed Angel's Landing when we were in Zion. And it's it's way less, I mean, it's definitely treacherous. I mean, you're like looking off serious cliff, but um, not as terrifying as I thought it could be. But that's exactly was the experience the whole way up. You're so wrapped up in you know, not so much the hard work of it, but in staying focused, like, let me not fall off this thing. And, you know, a little bit of the effort of it. Um, But coming down, you're like, oh, this is like, you're looking around, you're no longer terrified about it, you did it. You know, it's a totally different, different experience, having, you know, kind of arrived there. Um, I don't know how that relates, but when you were saying, you know, the, the climb is like, yeah. Well, it absolutely relates. Yeah. The, the climb, you're not looking, you're pushing, you know, you're, you're working to get there and then, you know, you arrive and it's, then you can look around. Yeah. And then imagine if you had done that climb two times, three times, four times, and then suddenly now you can take in the experience. Yeah. You can look around while you're climbing. <laughs> As right. Continuing to look down, going, oh, shit. shit. <laughs> I'm going to die. Don't slip. Yeah. And we think yeah. of our horses, you know, feeling that way as, you know, as they're learning. 
so this Maggie horse that I have, you know, that, that. Do you have much video of her yet? I haven't really seen her. Mm-hmm. I yeah. do. I have a good amount of video of her, actually. I need to do more. Is, that, is it on Instagram? There's a few clips on Instagram. Okay. I'm compiling the backstage pass for Horsemanship Insider. For those of you guys that don't know, um, I'm working on uh, a little app that you'll be able to download on your phone. And um, my idea is that um, I'm recording some different content. Um, Michael, I've told you about this, right? Yeah. 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 I'm forward to it. Right. So the, it, there'll be like three different blocks that you'll get when you're a member and it will be the skill builder block. So that'll be like where I talk about the more technical aspects of things. Um, there'll be uh, some like little tiny challenges, but then you can go out and test and see if you can do those things. And I'll be doing them with my horses and then um, a backstage pass. So, so Maggie, since she came into my string while, when I had 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 that idea, I've been filming for that and that's when you're going to get to see so i have like you know a couple um 20 minute clips um where i'm mic'd up and kind of talking through through uh, you probably really i think it's fun too. i'm looking forward to it like i said yeah so yeah. but the, the interesting thing when we talk about this this idea of of when you're learning makes me think about um my experience with her over the last couple of weeks because as she listen to this okay she is this humongous 16.3, pretty decent. Like she, I don't know. She was educated to second level dressage, whatever that means. You know, I ultimately ended up with her because she was challenged with collection. I don't, I don't, doesn't seem like there's a lot of connect, collection in second or third level dressage compared to what we would do in a snaffle bit horse, you know, with backing circles and four quarter yields and, and, you know, things like that create a, a ton of en engagement. But here's the thing about her two things. And I'll jump back to the, the first thing I was thinking of is because she had X amount of education, which is pretty good. I mean, she's done some, some cool, she's broke. The horse is broke right? Been to the beach, been on trails, um, been to horse shows, you know, things like that. But from like our perspective and, and what the body of uh, the curriculum that we would want to put in the horse, she, there were massive ho holes in, you know, she just didn't, doesn't still doesn't know some of these things. So the concern that has come in her because she had her education, she's 13, I think she had her education, was using it in her interaction with her people for a long time, like mm -hmm. maybe five or six years, seven years, maybe, right? And now for me to be saying, okay, there is a whole bunch of things that, you, you know, now we need the concern and I've seen this before in horses like that were ripe, so to speak. Like, did you re did you read Anne Griffin's book? Or we've talked about this. I haven't read that. No. Uh, so she has a chapter in it called, well, she just talks about the ripening of a horse. Like once the, the Grand Prix horse is 100% educated, they know all the things. Then there's like a year of what she calls ripening where the horse gets really confident in what they know and like starts to be like, okay, I have graduated and now I am using my skills, right? Yeah. So 
especially a horse that's been really successful because I have had horses like Jacks, we think of Jacks and Vivian that were not successful. Mm-hmm. So then when I come on the scene, I'm helping, yeah. right? Whereas Maggie felt very successful. Yeah. She, right? thought, she thought she was the shit. When <laughs> she was. Yeah. For, you yeah. Know, for she, what she... She was fulfilling her role handsomely with 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 power or not power but with yeah with confidence with confidence yeah Yeah. and so back to you know our cycle and and the quadrants her ability to stay in the high performance zone pretty much indefinitely almost if if i wasn't trying to teach her new things or, or adjust her way of going is completely different Mm-hmm. Than how I need to treat her cycle. Cycle is, <laughs> sounds like I'm talking about her being a mare. But you know what I mean? Treat her cycle of development when now I'm presenting her with like, hey, by the way, <laughs> you're going back to school. Yeah. <laughs> and even some of these things. Did that bring up concern in her? Oh, yeah. I mean, it. it yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely is. And the good part is I'm aware of it much more than I would have been, you know, several years ago. Some of the horses that have done well, like if we think of Easy, that Mustang, that, that when she got alive, she got really spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little bit of that with Maggie, but she's so, you know, it's it's in there. You can see that coming up, but just overall... Um, trying to be gentle with her and and acknowledge that and a little bit baby her through that to where I'm not just piling it all on because she can supposedly, you know, cope with it. Like there is an emotional process to now we're going to educate you again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or even on the kind of waking up a dull horse. I I deal with that a fair bit and clinics is like, yeah, your horse is kind of doing your thing for you, but they're, it's really, they're not. They're maybe going through the motions or they're they are walking, but they're not really walking for you or whatever it is. And having to kind of put a little life in there really brings up more life than they're used to. And it can create a little bit of, a little bit of trouble. You're saying, I have higher expectations than, than has been expected of you for a while. And that's unfamiliar to them and and therefore at least initially troubling until they realize, okay, this expectation is kind of engaging kind of if you're working to the point of balance and in peace, they start going, okay, this actually feels better. You know, I had a mayor came in yesterday that everything drew her attention, which isn't totally uncommon training horse coming off the trailer, but I was just not in the picture at all. And as you know, she began to focus on me. She said, oh, this feels way better anyway. You know, as you move toward that, tension can come up, you know, fade away. But initially, less so in that horse's case, but I'm thinking of a couple horses from the clinic this last week. It was like, they, like you said, went from kind of dull to, okay, this horse is a little bit spooky. And then you have to go back and say, oh, the flag isn't going to kill you, you know. And whereas minutes ago, the flag was no concern whatsoever because they're just they're just sitting there you know so how do you 
how what's on your mind when you approach a horse in class let's say and for those of you guys that don't know we're, we're talking about michael teaching a clinic you know he's he's the he's the coach in this in this environment we've seen it where someone will walk up to a horse some maybe someone that buck has asked to help or you know there's different ways of approaching a horse that you know you're gonna have to adjust their mm -hmm. frame of mind you know one way or the other how do you make sure that you went by the time you get to that horse and you take it from the person that you finesse and smooth out the moment where <clears throat> you're going to you're going to present things in a more exacting way so that they're not just shell-shocked by the time you get there without a chance to like dial you know what i mean you see people do that they w walk up to a horse and be like hey let me you know let me show you how to get this horse alive yeah and then the well, horse is so like Sometimes I'll do that. So when the horse is just, you know, a lot of times you take a horse and they're like, oh, who are you? You're different. Like you came in here with a lot more energy and presence than I've been experiencing for the last little while here. And, you know, you can start from there and it's a little bit more of a conversation. But if you have a horse that's just plumb asleep and and or is kind of sour toward you, daring to come into their space you know you might greet them and say how are we feeling about this but if it's kind of a more confrontational spot that the horse is in you know and some of it is from being picked at you know and it, it might be no fault of the horses but you know never is really it's them just responding it, it kind of depends on how the horse is presenting itself to me as i approach and kind of initiate conversation as to how alarming I might come in. I do oftentimes with that type of horse step in and because it usually is the horse being not very engaged, um, even if they kind of are, you know, yielding out onto a circle or moving forward with more forward not really more life but more like okay you know walk a little bit but usually it's walk and now i'm going to trot you know there's no life into the walk i will usually be fairly alarming and then quit immediately and go that's it i just just needed you to pop into more life and then generally speaking that next request or two maybe three the horse is going okay that now we're having some sort of an engaging conversation this is different and sometimes there's concern there other times there's just like holy shit didn't didn't see that coming so to me i will come on strong fairly frequently if the horse is just not engaging whatsoever but it'll be very short in and out saying hello like I, when I pick up the rope, when I walk into your space, I kind of need you to engage. I need you to think about yielding, not just. So, but again, that depends on the horse. I mean, there's some horses that are like, holy crap, who are you? And you're not going to get in there and just, you know, go to town on them. You're going to give them a lot more space and, you know, give them a chance to think through what to do with you as opposed to, you know, 
be worried just because you came in with a little bit more presence than the next person. And Yeah. So I think that that, then that gets back to that rest moment, right? Or that quiet moment, if you can at least just get their attention. Yeah. And, and then instead of like, get their attention and mm-hmm. cause them to do something in the same moment, you know? Yeah. Get their attention. Give them a second to recalibrate. Because yeah. it's so it's so obvious. Because that that is different from what it it sounded like you were describing. If I understood you correctly, where it's you get in there and you're just like, okay, I'm gonna fix this horse. I'm gonna get it, you know, doing a circle and you know, yielding his hindquarters. I'm gonna pull together, you know, this whole picture and the horse is going, holy cow, and it's. Not that that can't be done, but is that necessary as your your first interaction? Whereas, you know, what I'm describing and not, you know, like I said, not saying it's the only approach, but to get in there and say, you know, however you need to say it, uh, hello, and then giving them the moment, which I think would be a pretty good example of, you know, a pressure and release where they are having that space to call it rest, recover, to think about what just happened. That's where the learning's taking place, not in the moment of, you know, holy crap, here comes a bunch of pressure and, and maybe it repeated a couple times for it to for them to see a pattern there. Not the pressure that's that's teaching. It's more that moment where they okay, paying attention to you is there's something something I need to engage with here as opposed to what I had expected of this interaction. Can you hear the dog? Dog, go out. One second. So, so the, the, the thing that also that makes me think of is, is the string of causing them to have attention if, if if need be or respect in that moment. Right. But reading, reading that, and then having something to say. Yeah. But when do you say something? Because you can walk up to that horse thinking that you, you or having a picture in your mind. And I, I think this is probably what we see. You know, having a picture in our mind of what the goal is in that moment or in that situation, um, in that day, let's say, or in that session. Having that in your mind and especially when you have a certain level of skill, you can make that happen. Right. Yeah. But, but being, being so much more aware than we used to be. Yeah. Right? As to the stages, if you will, in that process, or like you say, the, the lily pads along the way, I guess maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That analogy. It's easier with a horse that's really troubled. Right. Yeah. Like if they're drowning and you jerk them up onto the first lily pad, give them a second yeah but you know there's other horses that are definitely um do you have any specific examples of like a horse that really no fault of the humans for the most part right but feels picked on and then try could I yeah. have an, I have a particular example of a horse that we both know in my string that shall remain nameless who definitely was mad about being picked on. One second. Ava, come on. Ava, come on. The doggy needs to go out. 
didn't clarify where she's going. A horse that feels picked on. I don't know how to adjust her routine, you guys, from 7 o'clock in the morning. That's terrible. <laughs> she's she's old. 7 o'clock in the morning, she has to go out. I don't know how to get her up off the floor before that. You know what I'm saying? Picked on in this... Hmm. So how do you how do you get them to that first lily pad or how fast do you get them from the first one to the second one to the third one? Because some I mean it you might have to put more words to what you're and, uh, well you're like, up when you say picked on because there's you know I'm thinking of a horse this weekend that just was very sour and looking to the outside and you know the owner you know, say no fault to the owner necessarily. Like she's just trying to do something with this horse and it's better than it was from the sound of it. The horse just plow into her with her shoulder and have no respect. But now it's gone from, you know, the horse being really pushy and rude to now the horse is pretty well getting shut down and kind of angry that the things have changed, but at least she's not running over, her, you know, and with that horse, it, it was still a little bit of a, kind of shocking her out of that in a much smaller sense, but saying, Hey, just need a little bit of engagement here, leaving it be. And then lots of petting on her and going, you don't have to look so angry. Like I'm not, my expectations aren't high. I just want you to be engaged and paying attention here for a while. You just have to accept that she's upset, not take an attitude toward her and say, I'm going to change you, but just go, you don't have to feel that way. Like, I'm just going to make simple requests, let you kind of sit with that for a moment. Maybe it's a little pressure. Maybe it's a lot of pressure. It's going to kind of ebb and flow, I suppose. You know, sometimes I'll hand the horse back after someone's had a little bit of time to observe what I'm doing and they try to replicate it. Other times I'll take that horse to being a little bit more curious, soft about it expression changing but but i think there it's a little bit more of a process because they do feel picked on i mean there's you know again i'm not sure if this is what you're imagining it is Mm -hmm. making the requests so simple Mm -hmm. and the point that there doesn't have to be conflict because i i wasn't thinking about it that clearly but i was thinking about the fact that getting those horses to a success as fast as possible is so key right because i think part of the reason they get angry is because they haven't they they, haven't felt successful right they're just like what you know they're they're confused they don't even know why we're doing this anymore they resent it Yeah. yeah and i think you know if there's too much pressure now they just get you know more pissed off and maybe scared if you don't I like the phrase, get them to success, even if it's a very small success. <laughs> Look, wake up and move or don't just leave and rip your nose out to the outside. Like I'm going to, you're going to run into something. And they're like, oh, geez, that that's different. That can be the success. It doesn't have to be a whole lot of things shaping up. And I think that's probably like a really good point because, you know, the horses that feel picked on, at times can become downright dangerous when you start to then try to say do x they could you know be legitimately physically dangerous towards you because you don't 100 percent sure know what's in their mind you know some of them are like you said gonna get scared 
Mm-hmm. And which means would mean flight, but there's also those individuals that when you start, they've been, you know, feeling picked on, then you try to get them to a result. They can be, they can really get into fight mode and that can be yeah. legit. Like we've seen that, right? Whirl and kick you, strike you, bite you. Like we've seen it where horses get picked on, they get so frustrated. And then when a person is encouraged to firm up on their horse in class, run straight down the top of them. Yeah. Right. So I love the point of get attention, make the request little enough that they can feel successful and then give them a second to think about that. Like, look, it was interesting. You know, you talked about building, you know, from there to the picture and the development of the horse. And even if we think about that on just the first steps of it, you know, this, this weekend, it was kind of clear to me at one point, you know, now that I have a few more pieces in play, I'm not just saying, hey, get your horse's attention. As people are learning, they're not very precise with it. It kind of gets monotonous and the horse is like right back to where they were, maybe a little less sour, maybe a little less pulling on the rope, but they're just as mentally disengaged. And I, you know, I have to say, okay, hold on. Remember where we started this. Even if it means stopping and watching other people for a bit, don't be on your horse constantly. Have a success. Maybe it takes a little longer to get that success or the success is more complicated, but you still have to get those changes, reward pieces, maybe with less pressure now, and then let the horse know they did it right. You know, like there still has to be the pauses where you're just like, that's it. That was simple, wasn't it? Maybe it took us a while to get there, but it's not like I'm asking the world and it's not like I'm going to just stay on you. It's so, it's so key. So um, something that came up, I was watching some other people and listening to some other folks talk about some of these displaced behaviors, maybe is what we talk, like tail swishing or, or chomping at the bit or, or things like that. You know, I've gotten to where I feel grateful for those things because it's a horse expressing frustration or fear or concern or whatever in a way that is not dangerous, mm-hmm. you know, and is, is not on those displaced behaviors. Obviously we could have bolting and bucking and things like that, that <laughs> I don't yeah. even know. We wouldn't consider those displaced behaviors. Not a displaced behavior, but one that I've, that I always enjoy seeing is a horse that's really scared or maybe a little shut down in a, like, I just am going to try to do my best, but I'm very, I'm going to try to avoid pressure, like a very obedient horse, but one that's kind of shut down in their obedience. Say you're working them in the round corral and they're, you know, still just like really worried or they're in that, like, I'm going to be obedient, but I'm not turned loose to it at all. There's sometimes this moment where, as their confidence is built, they'll like throw a little sass in there or maybe kick out as you ask them to, you know, bring more life in there. And I'm always like, there, that's it. That was, we don't want that long-term, that little sass in there, but that was a change for that horse. It took a lot for that horse to get there. So again, not a displaced behavior, but that's one example that I really enjoy seeing more so than them swishing their tail at me where you you're like hey, they're 
they're communicating to me a, an increasing confidence. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, talk more about the swishing the tail or the chomping at the bit. No, I, well, first of all, I was just going to say on that note, Zorro, you know, talk about an obedient, mm-hmm. but concerned, you know, sometimes overtly reserved horse. So there was this time, I think it was in winter, you know, when I really started with Liberty with him, he would would just trot more. He, he was not cantering. And that's part of, you know, that's part of where we kind of started at our development is this horse was not a cantering horse period you know it was all about fancy trotting they've done plenty of canter with him before but it wasn't an autonomous decision like let's say at liberty in the big arena you say hey go more it was like instead of so the end it went along with this this locked up lower back so there was this point in winter where i would send him off and he'd do this huge buck you know and it's like that thing of like the back, the lower back is unlocked in that moment, mm-hmm. right? In a way that was like exactly what we need. Oh my gosh, but Michael, so this is the Iberian, right? So I'm like, good boy, you know, meaning like, cause I'm seeing the lower back, it comes out of my mouth. Holy shit. So then it was like bucking, bucking. <laughs> cause he heard me say it and I'm like, no. this is terrible i cannot ride that so then the next this is the beauty of the iberian probably not just them but they're you know they're they're pretty specific about these sorts of things then then the next couple days where he'd kind of leap up and stretch his lower back and and buck and i'd be like no but it's exactly that thing like it was a change it was access to his body in a different way but back to the swishing the tail the chomping the mouth things like this what i hear a lot of times even from folks that i feel like should know better this is me being in burnout mode and judgy burnout mode and judgy that's pretty good this this idea that the swishing the tail the the whatever the displaced behavior could be ears back, you know, could be chompy that that is connected to a specific movement or a specific behavior. I really think that's kind of missing the point because it's appears unless it's a true pain issue, which is so small of a chance. I think that it would be a true pain issue. And even if it is, another reason like to just let the behavior be and not obsess over it because if a movement is hard for whatever reason it could be even that they're stiff you maybe could just repeat that and they're going to feel better anyway the point is that that it i don't think it can be just addressed by obsessing over one thing certainly not over it's not about the bit for heaven's sakes in almost all cases and it's not about the leg yield and um it's not about the passage it's it's just about the horse having concern about whatever in the moment yes but overall the context of their understanding of of the of the process so there's understanding what to do when being asked to yield they're feeling pressure physical or mental and it's rather than coming out in a yield that is willing and 
with an attempt to understand it's coming out sideways through some other their their mind is going to a, a tick more so than their mind is trying to land on something that you might want yeah uh, i think that yeah we've talked about static and the signal yeah like just don't worry about that because overall the more sure that a horse becomes you know we see this over and over again i don't see the point of obsessing over one thing Mm -hmm. you just don't think about it you know is the bottom line and it takes however long it takes but like what you're talking about a horse being super sour maybe because they haven't had successes you might need to get their attention and i wonder if that's part of where it gets lost like a swishy tail or something like hey cut that out it's like yeah that might seem to be directly related but really the more important thing is the horse getting out of its pattern and having a success which overall so i'm just saying those displays behaviors are a gift yeah i mean that's where i was you know whether it be that swishy tail that you can kind of say hey come on just yield i think all of it maybe that's too broad a statement but i think at its core it's like i was saying not understanding that there is an answer in in the way of yielding somewhere somehow that they can do to cause that discomfort that stimulus that pressure that request to to go away and some of it like you said is you know, switching tail, you can just say, hey, there's an answer, just move. And you don't have to be sour about it. As soon as they get it, they're like, oh, okay. And that's kind of on a more obvious scale of here comes the pressure, just do something with it. And then you don't have to be frustrated with it because I'm going to clear this up for you over against something more complex where they're going, I don't know how to move my body to do that. And some of these behaviors maybe that are kind of things of the past that are creeping back in when you ask more of them it's still a not really knowing what to do with that pressure and so i'm going to have this displaced behavior behavior come on that's that's exactly right 100 percent. that's feeling like they don't have the answer or or for whatever reason either frustrated or scared or because they don't know how to be successful within whatever context you're talking about, or they might have emotional baggage, but you want it to come out mm-hmm. in those little bits like that so that it doesn't have to come up in the in the big humongous things. Like the, the horse has to be where we say, it doesn't get to choose. Those little expressions that they're showing us how they feel about and where they're at, maybe that's another thing, is like where they're at in the process. It's Isn't it okay for them to, to express that? Mm-hmm. Who cares? So long as we know that ultimately we know how to present a curriculum, we know how to present a, a, a success system for them so that they don't have to feel that way anymore it becomes something you want to obsess over when you're kind of like, I don't know 
How this is ever going to go away. Yeah, it's ever going to go away. Am I making this worse? What am I doing? I don't know what to be doing differently slash what I should be doing in a positive direction to help this change and not trusting the process that, you know, it might not be happening now, but over time, this is going to get better and better. It's, you know, we, I want to see this change now. That's why I'm at this clinic, you know, kind of thing. Or like we were saying the the horse that's maybe settled their, their mouth or stopped switching their tail and you, you change something and say, Hey, I need a little bit more. And it comes back up. There might be a horse that comes the, to the learning table and is like kind of okay this is fine but then you start asking you know to pick up a soft feel or you ask a certain thing and the horse is going okay now this is this this is going to bring up some behavior that's maybe even new to them you know you, we've seen that a ton of times or you start picking up the soft feel and the horse is just you know gnashing their teeth and all troubled by it well it's it's a nest. It's a thing. It's a part of the education that you need. That's uncomfortable right now. But experience tells me that in time, with a little bit of feel, with consistency, this doesn't have to be a stressful thing. You will come to understand what this pressure means, and it means something. Absolutely. That's what I was talking about with Maggie. Presenting this whole new, like, hey, we're going back to school. Sorry. And then her feeling completely new things and me being pretty aware that you could have this super benign, gentle, safe, as safe as a horse can be, but you start teaching her to fire muscles she's never fired before or haven't major power. I want her to have power, Mm -hmm. but... I need to present it in a way that she feels successful so that that power doesn't work against me Yeah, because they can be completely new. Right. Mm -hmm. So again, I'd rather that come out in a swishing tail or a chompy mouth for a little bit. Yeah. Then, Oh, here's my 16, three, 1450 pound horse who is now super powerful and frustrated. Yeah. (laughs) even if it doesn't come out i suppose it depends on your presentation but even if it doesn't come out in a swishing tail or a chomping mouth do you feel like it's going to show up in that big explosion if you're building systematically or if you're giving them space to figure it out rather than just ramming it in there no i think i think that's the dream Right. Yeah. That's the dream is to present it in a way where she can hop. First of all, here's a new field of lily pads. Mm-hmm. And we just start hop. But this is on me to not make it happen all at once. Yeah. Right. And to give her those times we were talking about where she can think and learn. Yeah. In, because I've done this, you know, I've done this where it's like, Oh good. Now we can do, cause she already has a nice flying change. We can do this. We could do this. And and I wonder if she has a massage in here. And it's like, don't be a dumbass, Emma, <laughs> you know, because you've got to be aware that, that then this, I have to be aware that this is a process. I don't know if I can do it hundred percent successfully, but are, is your question, is it inevitable? Is that your question? No, I'm saying, do you need the, the chomping or the tails you don't no, no. need chomping or the tail swishing in order to avoid that it's just well if we're going to get worked up let's get yeah, worked up 
way and give me give me indication you're you're getting a little agitated rather than just holding it in there if you're aware you should be feeling that whether you got the chomping teeth and whatever you're you're feeling it through the horse's body you're feeling the frustration you're or the anxiety or whatever yeah. Uh, yes, 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 yes. And then we better just say that, of course, if a horse is chompy or tail swishy or something like that, I'm not I'm not at all saying that the best strategy would be to back off in that moment. Really, the best strategy is just do what you're doing. Don't worry yeah. about it. Almost the, one of the worst things you could do is, is stop and, and marry the, the stopping with the with the switching of the tail or, you know, whatever yeah. displaced behavior. But yeah, certainly if, um, and yeah, we should probably add this, like the mare that had the sour expression, I'm not going to, and this is a, like, essentially what we're saying. I'm not going to work for the tail to stop swishing. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to stop until your tail stops swishing. That is obsessing on it. So it's not like you can't release while there's still something undesirable going on. You can release for, whatever myriad of other changes you feel and just go, that'll take care of itself. And and it will. And it will. And Especially it will. if you're building on releasing for other, other desirables. Yeah. Yeah. So. You just have to, I guess it's, it's ultimately enough experience to believe that those things are, are just tells of a mental, emotional symptom. It's, it's, mm. it's not, it's not really relevant. Yeah. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I guess I'm not saying that right. But it, it will change and it's independent from the way that we're educating the horse. And I think it's a big, this is just, just from my experience and who knows, you know, maybe I'm not looking at it right. But I think it's a huge error to, uh, it's really getting into the weeds to obsess over those behaviors. They're completely irrelevant to to the process of educating a horse. No. And the, and the more you just don't even think about it, the better off you're going to be. That's hard when other people are judging you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that horse has a chompy mouth. Oh, that horse is the, you know, is swishing its tail in the flying change. And who knows? It's hard when, when you have the people, right? Do you think that's something you can believe in? Like Buck has told us that since the beginning of time. Don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. Stop worrying about it. Yeah. Right? He said it a million times. Or I don't think I've been this person, but it's very possible that I could have. But the person that asks about the mouth clinic after clinic, he's like, I'm telling you the same thing over and over again. I wonder if it's something that you just have to learn for yourself. That it's not something someone else can cause you to believe in. That depends on how much you trust this the person that's saying it. You feel like you've had success communicating that to other people? Uh, I don't know. I tend to believe Buck when he says something is what I was thinking. I'll I'll bank on his uh, his years and hours of experience um, and just go. All right, I just got to stay the course, and I'll I'll learn that firsthand eventually. But I'll take your word for it for right now. We get the cheat though of having watched him prove it. Yes. Yeah. As as we have been developing that. Yeah. We're over. Yeah, I was going to say I had something else, but I was feeling like we were we're definitely going 
either not, if not long we were coming up on about time where we should wrap this up so i was like eh, wait till next time and bring that are you gonna remember though are you gonna remember <clears throat> maybe not but we'll have plenty to talk about then i don't know if we want to continue the conversation for next time i can quick throw it out and you can help me remember so talking about displaced behaviors and just ignoring them if something just shows up there's situations in which i will try to interrupt it so it doesn't become a displaced behavior at the very least be going what what's causing this to have just shown up like i'm thinking of a horse from last week student was riding as an older horse just got pulled out of the pasture and said hey let's go learn stuff because her other horse was coughing and whatnot so she brought this older horse and everything was going great and then all of a sudden she started flipping her nose like really big and agitated to the point where the rain's flipping over her ears and i'm going what i had to get on the horse and kind of dink around with it myself to be like i don't know what you're doing you know outside of the fact that i kept saying are you on a loose rein or in a soft feel like you're kind of in the middle ground and that could certainly be causing this and then i got on the horse and she did it a couple times but it was way way minimized and i and that's that's where i said like i think you just need to be in or out but right there i was going displaced behavior but this just showed up that's a great point it's fairly obvious like we got to kind of address this or figure out right away where this is coming from so we don't create something that wasn't there that is a great point that took a lot less time to I'm so glad you said that because that's so important. Yeah. I guess there are times when you can just interrupt a pattern. I don't, I guess I don't put that 100% in the same category, but it is a type of, I'm so glad you said that. That's really, you remember the story about Tom Dorrance with the the horse that would pin its ears for cinching? I don't remember if this is on video or just a story. He went to he went to cinch up the horse, and you know the person that was with him thought you know that he was going to be all nicey nicey about it or whatever. <laughs> he went to cinch the horse up. It went to put its ears back, and he whacked it with its his cane. <laughs> it's like whack. Just did up. And he just divorced the behavior, yeah. you know, immediately. So, I guess there's there's times when that's a, that's definitely a thing. It's so important that you brought that up. Yeah. For, for sure, because that would be a huge error as well, just to let something show up and, and exist. You don't have to do that. Yeah. Well, cool. I don't know. We started with a quadrant chart, and we ended up here. I don't know how that all ties together, but there must have been some string that, that brought us here. It's so obvious. It's so obvious? <laughs> yes. Well, you better explain it to me. Oh, that. my gosh. Well, think about it. If, if you have a horse Learn. that... Yes, learning. Absolutely. Learning and, and you know, when we talk, start getting into performance and physical development, now, yeah. you know, now we can really ap- apply all of that. But m- moving from the performance zone to the rest and recovery learning zone, yeah. trying trying to stay at on those. The right side of that. Uh, on that side. But, and like we've talked about before, so much easier to make sure our horses eat just right. And we rest. can talk. About it we can talk about it next time but some horses need more on the bottom 
that right side than other horses. Horses are able to handle more in the high performance without feeling the stress than others are. And, and that is a great point because I would imagine that the horse that can be in the high performance zone for long periods of time still needs the rest. Mm-hmm. But it, it, I think that's part of my problem. Like that happens to me is because I can, I do have a ton of endurance. So I can go for really long periods of time, but then ultimately I miss the signs because it's not in a regular cycle. Yeah. It's which that sucks because it's so unpredictable. And I would imagine there, there, there are horses that are, that are like that too. And then you wonder how the horses that were really closely partnered with and their performance rhythm, how that affects our performance. Meaning, meaning if my horse is happy, I'm happy. Or, or that saying, you're only as happy as your most unhappy kid. I think about that with my horse's string. You're o- I'm only as happy as my worst, my worst horse or, or the horse that I'm progressing the least with. <laughs> you know, you're, you're only ever as happy as your most unhappy kid. <laughs> the kid, the kid one I can relate to. Definitely. I bet. Right. I'd have to think about it on the horse side of things, but the cute, you bring the analogy in with the kids is like, Oh yeah, it's hard to to get past this kid being a total turd right now. This is not fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, we, we, let's wrap it up. Thank you again so much for um, agreeing to, I missed you for sure. I'm looking forward to getting back and, watching the uh conversations you had with nicole and flora and peggy and keith so uh, i'll I'll catch up with that but yeah good to be back and this has been fun and then michael there are a few clips of maggie uh, in my on my page there and thank you all for joining us this morning it's good to see all your little names pop up and we will see you again next week right that's right yep next week thursday 6 30 a.m pacific standard time All right. 8.30 Central. Yeah. Yeah. All right. right. Have a good day, everybody. Thanks, Michael. Yep. Bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. If you did, please subscribe to my channel and share it with somebody that you think might also appreciate it. Check the show notes so that you can follow everything that's going on. I'm launching the new YouTube channel where you can watch this episode so you can see all the gestures we're making. If you want the live experience, search for my name on Instagram, go to the Evolution of a Girl channel and join us live every Thursday morning at 6.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you would like to see the horsemanship in action and support this channel, you can go to horsemanshipinsider.com and there you will find behind the scenes footage of me developing my own horses in real life as well as some tutorials that you might find interesting and apply to your own horsemanship. I hope you have a great week going forward. Let's connect soon.